88K News. It's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. The convener of the Executive Council says an American bank has closed his account with them. New Zealand suspends its extradition agreement with Hong Kong and the Health Secretary is optimistic that the number of COVID-19 cases will start to drop in the next week or two. The convener of the Executive Council, Bernard Chan, says an American bank recently informed him it was closing his account and refunding his money. He didn't name the bank but said other senior officials were facing similar issues. Vicky Wong reports. Bernard Chan told the Financial Times that his account with the US bank was closed just before the national security law was announced, but the problem was becoming more common. He said he wasn't surprised that banks would be combing their customer lists not only for officials but also for pro-democracy activists because it's too much hassle for them. He said while he could imagine why banks were freaking out, they should not expect black and white answers from the government on how to comply with the new laws as that was a matter for the Justice Department and the courts. Hong Kong pro-democracy activist Joshua Wong said HSBC recently questioned him about royalty income in a personal account from a book, but he said the account was still open. New Zealand has suspended its extradition agreement with Hong Kong. Foreign Affairs Minister Winston Peters also said New Zealand will treat military and dual-use goods and technology exports to Hong Kong in the same way as it treats those exports to mainland China. In a statement, he said New Zealand could no longer trust that Hong Kong's criminal justice system was independent enough from China, following China's decision to impose a national security law on Hong Kong. The Secretary for Health, Sophia Chan, says she believes the number of local coronavirus cases will come down over the next week or two after the government's stricter anti-epidemic measures take effect from midnight. Priscilla Ng reports. Sophia Chan told an RTHK radio program that when the latest wave of COVID-19 cases started earlier this month, data showed one person could infect up to four people. That rate has now come down to one. She acknowledged the stricter measures were inconvenient, but urged the public to be understanding. Ian Cheng, a chief manager of the hospital authority, meanwhile, said public hospitals were under immense pressure and many confirmed cases were at home waiting for admission. He dismissed comments from a doctor's union that drug treatment could begin at home for early intervention. Dr. Zheng said patients' conditions must be carefully monitored. The chairman of the Lan Kwai Fong Group says thousands of restaurants could close if the government's ban on dining in continues for more than three weeks. After reporting 145 new coronavirus cases yesterday, the government announced its strictest measures yet, which include restaurants only serving takeaways, the wearing of face masks both indoors and outdoors, and banning public gatherings of more than two people. Alan Zeman says 10% of the bars and restaurants in the Lan Kwai Fong area have already closed down amid the pandemic. If it goes more than a month, you might have close to five or 6,000 restaurants possibly having to close down. And talking about uh, as much as $7 billion Hong Kong dollars in August alone, if that happens, the government will have to step up with subsidies, maybe $8 billion, something like that, and subsidies again to help the industry. Otherwise, you can have a lot more unemployment. The shipping trade has complained about the ban on vessels coming to Hong Kong, except those bringing in daily goods. Quarantine rules have also been tightened on air and sea crew who were previously exempt. Sunny Ho, chairman of the Hong Kong Logistics Management Staff Association, says the new rules will prevent activities such as the buying and selling of boats via Hong Kong, as well as deny entry to ships which regularly stop here for fuel and water. Some ships are being purchased and sold 
and they need to be present in Hong Kong, and that involves crew changes. And I think the ship owner would be most prepared to follow the very stringent requirement, like getting all these uh, tests for the crew before they come to Hong Kong, or even getting the results at the Asia Expos and before they would be transferred to the vessels again. But now the, uh, under the new rules would actually stop all these activities. The Hong Kong Retail Management Association has urged landlords to go easy on tenants of their shops if they're unable to pay rent. In an open letter in newspapers, the association said revenue of the retail sector had dropped by up to 80%. It urged landlords to lower rents based on tenants' turnover for up to a year. It also appealed on them not to take legal action against tenants or repossess the shops. The pro-Beijing DAB party has urged the government to test Tun Moon residents for COVID-19 after the authorities announced a testing scheme for another outbreak hotspot, Chi Wan Shan's public housing estates. Here's the DAB's Holden Chow. We have seen a lot of confirmed cases in Tun Moon. So Tun Moon actually deserve a team of medical practitioners to go out and do all the testing for the Tun Moon residents. And actually these days I've been around in Tun Moon area and we have seen that those confirmed cases and people have grave concern. So if they could assign a team of medical practitioners to carry on with the testing in Chiranzan, why not they assign another team of specialists to carry out the testing for Chumbun residents. The party's Elizabeth Quatt added the government should ask the mainland to send medical practitioners and equipment to the SAR's hospitals to contain the outbreak here. She said opponents to this proposal are putting politics before people's lives. A doctor who diagnosed early coronavirus cases on the mainland has told the BBC he believes local officials covered up the scale of the original outbreak. Professor Yung Kwok Yung, who helped investigate in Wuhan, says the response was too slow and evidence was destroyed. He described going to a market in the city where it thought the pandemic began. When we went to the Wuhan seafood markets, of course there is nothing to see because the market was cleared already. So you may say that the crime scene is already disturbed. Because the seafood market was cleared, we cannot identify the, the animal host which is giving the virus uh, to human. In other news, poli- police say they believe they have smashed a transnational credit card fraud syndicate after arresting five of its core members, including two local women and three men from Morocco. Priscilla Ng reports. The force said the arrests were made this month following a joint investigation with Singaporean authorities since May. The syndicate had allegedly gathered the personal information and credit card details of 2 billion people from over 40 countries and regions by sending out phishing emails from shopping websites they had hacked into. It would then use these credit card details to make online purchases. Superintendent of the police's Cyber Intelligence Division, Swalik Muhammad, said at least 14 Hong Kong people and 21 Singaporeans have fallen victim to the scam, involving some 1.3 million Hong Kong dollars. This is a massive phishing scam, as well as credit card fraud. We have been working very closely with the Singapore police force throughout the process. It's uh, months and months of um, cooperation. We do not rule out the possibility that the um, other locations are involved as well, and we will actively work with other locations uh, who are involved. Mr. Mohammed isn't ruling out further arrests. 
New research has shown how the COVID-19 crisis is seriously worsening the nutrition of children in developing countries. The medical journal The Lancet says an extra 6.7 million children under five could be at risk of wasting, a form of malnutrition that makes children thin and weak, and says supply chains have been disrupted, nutrition programs halted and food prices are soaring. UN agencies say more money is needed to help avoid more than 10,000 additional child deaths a month. Chikahiyashi is a UNICEF spokeswoman. The socioeconomic shocks created by the pandemic, especially in low-middle-income countries and lost jobs, are leading to a less quality diet, and especially in the most vulnerable populations, this can be, you know, having nothing to eat, especially during this lean season between planting and harvest, or only eating starchy meals and not having the essential nutrients for people to grow, especially children. Republicans in the U.S. Senate have backed a plan to cut emergency unemployment benefits to Americans laid off by the coronavirus pandemic from $600 a week to 200 The cut is part of a coronavirus relief package focused on reopening schools and getting employees back to work. But Democrats say it's far too limited. Here's the BBC's Michelle Fleury. This plan is expected to have a price tag of around a trillion dollars. That is three times less than the Democrat proposal put forward in May. The gap between the two remains wide, particularly on issues like extra unemployment benefits, which are due to expire at the end of this week, as well as an existing moratorium on evictions. What is clear is that without another stimulus plans, more Americans will face greater financial hardship. Political figures in Washington have paid their respects to the Democratic congressman and civil rights campaigner John Lewis, who died on Friday aged 80. The hearse carrying his body to the Capitol building slowed as it approached a mural near the White House saying Black Lives Matter. The House Speaker Nancy Pelosi paid tribute to John Lewis. John Lewis became a titan of the civil rights movement and then the conscience of the Congress. Here in Congress, John was revered and beloved on both sides of the aisle, on both sides of the Capitol. The Spanish Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez says Britain's decision to impose a two-week quarantine on everyone arriving from Spain was unjust. He said British tourists were safer from the coronavirus in most regions of Spain than they were at home. He said his government was in talks with London to reverse its decision. Before we reproach each other, let's try to find a balance where, above all, the British authorities base their decision on the cumulative incidents, that is to say, on the evolution of the epidemic in these territories, which are tourist destinations, which I insist are safe for British tourists. The head of the World Health Organization says COVID-19 is easily the worst global health emergency it's ever declared. Speaking to reporters, Dr Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus said he'd reconvene the WHO's emergency committee this week to review its assessment of the pandemic. He explained why the situation was so alarming. This is the sixth time a global health emergency has been declared under the international health regulations, uh, but it's easily the most severe. Almost 16 million cases have now been reported to WHO and more than 640,000 deaths. And the pandemic continues to accelerate. In the past six weeks, the total number of cases has roughly doubled. 
Quick look at finance. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 24,733. That's 129 points up on the previous close. And now with the sports news, here's Adam Chung. Major League Baseball has postponed a second scheduled game between the Miami Marlins and the Baltimore Orioles after more than a dozen members of the Marlins tested positive for coronavirus, prompting the club to lock down in Philadelphia. The New York Yankees game in Philadelphia on Monday was also postponed. Several players on the Marlins tested positive before they played the Phillies on Sunday. Commissioner Rob Manfred said the league is doing additional testing and if results are acceptable, the Marlins could resume play on Wednesday in Baltimore. He said cancelling or suspending the season wasn't brought up in his latest call with the owners. No, there really wasn't. Um, we, we talked about the situation. Um, I think most of the owners realize that we built protocols anticipating that we would have positive tests at some point during the season, that the protocols were built in order to allow us to continue to play through those positives. And I think there was support for the notion that um, we believe um, that the protocols are adequate to keep our players safe. To football news, the League Managers Association has named its Manager of the Year. The winner was announced by the former Manchester United boss Alex Ferguson. And of course the winner, Jurgen Klopp. Jurgen, fantastic. Your personality went right through the whole club. I think it was a marvellous, marvellous performance. I'll forgive you for waking me up at half past three in the morning to tell me you'd win the week. Thank you. Now let's hear from Liverpool's Jurgen Klopp, who's won the Alex Ferguson Trophy for the LMA's Manager of the Year. Klopp recalls his first meeting with Ferguson and compares it to meeting the Pope. I know it's not 100% appropriate as a Liverpool manager, but I admire him, not to say I love him. I met, it was the first English, British, if you want, manager I met. And we had breakfast together, it's long ago, I'm not sure he remembers it still, but I remember it forever. Because in this moment it was for me like meeting the Pope, if you want. And um, I wouldn't have thought in that moment that one day I hold a trophy in my hands, which is named after him. But I have to say thank you to a lot of people. And it's easy to say, but sometimes I think it sounds like we have to say, but it's easy to say in my case. I am here on behalf of my coaches. I said it a lot of times, but um, I'm okay as a as a manager, but um, they make me they make us a real special um, bunch of football brains. The Women's Manager of the Year award went to Emma Hayes, who guided Chelsea to the Super League title. Marcelo Bielsa won the championship award after guiding Leeds United to the title and promotion to the Premier League. And as you look at sports. Thanks, Atom, and that's the news and sport from RTHK. Hi, I'm Lazy Lion, and I'm usually quite laid back. But you can count me in to fight COVID-19. Here are my tips. Don't go to work and seek medical advice promptly if you're unwell. Avoid eating out or going out if it's not necessary. Keep at least one meter apart from others and avoid contact with people who show symptoms. Social distancing can help prevent the spread of COVID-19. These are the tips for us to prevent COVID-19.
afternoon and welcome to the 123 show on RTHK Radio 3. I'm Cruz McCalligan sitting in the studio this afternoon where all of the presenters are passing like ships in the night to maintain our, our social distancing. Um, but we have a good show for you today. I'm excited about it. We're going to be starting at about 1.30 by commemorating Disability Pride Month. If you had forgotten to mark that on your calendars. Um, and we're going to be asking the question, is there disability pride here in Hong Kong? We're going to be joined on the line by Dr. Simon Ng, who is a disability rights advocate and legal academic from the School of Professional and Continuing Education at HKU, who will be joining us to discuss that very important concept. Then at 2pm with um, maybe poorly timed more food and drinks news 